The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Napa know-how. Right now, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil is $29.99 for a five-quart jug. Its advanced formula provides maximum sludge protection, defending your engine like a catcher defends home plate. So, get top-notch engine protection with the Mobile One Full Synthetic 5-Quart Jug for $29.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 9-30-18. We're one of the 100 best Chiefs draft podcasts in the world. But I know, he's the most talented. He's got a chance. People also think he might be a sociopath. Are we starting the 2019 show right now? What's up, draft nerds? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I'm one of the writers at Arrowhead Pride. This is the season finale of the AP Chiefs draft show. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host on this show. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Jake, can I just can I say thank you for for joining us and and being a part of this podcast for the entire year? Well, actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did want to say going into this as a Packers fan, I just feel like I've really been embraced by Chiefs Nation or Chiefs Kingdom. Um, so, so it's, you've been it's, so embraced that you call it Chiefs Nation. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, don't really, I don't really like the Kingdom thing. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, I don't get it, but uh, but anyway, no, it's been really cool to interact with Chiefs fans, and I would say my my chiefs fanhood has definitely grown quite a bit. Um, and I really realized that during the draft when the Chiefs were on the clock, my heart rate went up a little bit. Usually, like it, it doesn't for any other team. So, Aww, so uh, Jake, yeah, no, this is the, <laughs> I definitely have always rooted for the Chiefs to do well, but I think I'll, I'll pull for them even more. And that that goes to a lot of you guys that have been kind to me and stuff on Twitter. It's been fun to interact with you guys, so I appreciate you guys uh, let me talk about your team and, or should I say, our team. Oh, Jake, and, and especially since we took so many guys that you like. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll just, we'll jump in and just kind of talk about like where we're at, you know, a little bit over or a little bit under a week after the Chiefs made all their selections. I've had time to process things and uh, I feel better overall about everything except for the 6'3, 283 pound elephant in the room, Breland Speaks. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Jake, have you marinated on, on what the Chiefs did? Uh, yeah, um, I've done some marinating, I guess you could say. I, I still just... 
I don't get the Breland Speaks pick at all. I think the best thing he did for me was when he recovered that fumble and waved at the camera. That was <laughs> that was cool. Um, I just I don't see it. Uh, I guess what I don't see what Veach saw and their scouting department saw in him. And, and after watching him more extensively, um, things I like about him are he's a big athletic fluid athlete but i just i don't think i don't get what separates him i right. guess i think that's i think that's about where i'm at um i i went back and watched some more i found actually i i was able to find some all 22 on him and i like i i like some of the things he can do like i think he can set a hard edge very quickly when he's asked to just play as a as a base end kind of an edge uh, in on first and second down, like I think he'll be really good at that because he's got the length and he's got some power and some strength to him. But as far as like being able to consistently get off the ball and and, and rush the passer with with some speed, with some speed to power uh, and a consistent plan, like I'm still I'm still struggling with that significantly at this it, point. Part part of me wants to think. <laughs> Like this was a really bad draft for edge rushers. It just wasn't good. There were, right. Those guys weren't there. There was like and a lot. There was like a strong second, third round class with a variety of types. If if that if that even I don't I just I just I'm I wouldn't have. T- it feels like they're just trying to take a guy and say he's an edge. Like hey, well here's our pass rusher. But there wasn't just there just wasn't a lot of them. And I don't really think he's one of them. But they're gonna kind of try to make a one. I think they wanted the Tom Bahali type. They wanted a guy, and I think they said that in the press conference yeah, even, that they like did. they want a a Tomba big edge uh, so they can have some of the similar traits that Tomba provided. And that's kind of one of the things I took away from it is, and just in general, is like they wanted, you know, they wanted a type. They wanted to, and I think they wanted types in the first three rounds. I think the, I think the, I think the first, the second day of the draft for them was very specific about they wanted these attributes on their team to help maximize the talent of the, of the, of the really, the stars around those guys. I don't, okay. I'm going to, I don't get that take. That doesn't make sense to me. Like to say our bottom third of the league defense, we have enough good players. Let's take role players to make our good players better. No, that doesn't make sense. This is actually, no, no, nobody does that. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make the argument. And I think this is probably where they're going. This is what I see. Chris Jones has some, raw ability and he's very disruptive but if he's not freed up to be disruptive they have to go a different direction and ask him to do things that maybe they would rather him not do uh they want to keep uh reggie raglan and anthony hitchens clean so they needed to find a guy that would allow them to be kept clean with a guy like defensive lineman Derek Noddy. Well, he's a good pick. I, I get what they're doing with that. Um, I think he went in the, the right range, and he's got a very defined skill set that he's going to bring. Like he's he's an excellent run stopper. That's he's probably pretty much best, all he does. I think but, he's the best run defender. But you know in the what class. you're going to get with him. But I still, I just don't buy it. I mean, you don't draft role players that high. I mean, you want a guy, especially when you don't have a first round pick, you want to swing for the fences a little bit on a guy, and they just didn't do that. And I don't. It doesn't make sense for me to to draft these kind of filler type guys well i don't disagree with i like i personally would have rather them swung for the fences but i think what they were trying to do is just get a baseline get some role players to build around chris jones and their linebackers that would scare me for the future if that's if that if that's someone's draft strategy to let's get 
let's just get guys that are going to come in and do very niche things for I us. I don't think it's a long-term plan. I hope not. I don't think it's like a long-term year that's over why year it doesn't make do that. sense to me is go draft the best player on your board and get a player like you can get a stud next to Chris Jones that can still do some stuff. Uh, Braylon Speaks, I don't think is that guy. Well, and I think their argument is that he was the best guy that could be next to Chris Jones. I don't necessarily agree. Like, I know we we all have, you know, you guys have all heard my takes at this point, And I think, you know, you've heard some of Jake's take at this point. But I do think, like, that's part of the reason that they set out to do what they did is because they wanted an edge setter, a stout edge setter. They wanted a stout nose tackle that can stop the run. And they wanted a dime linebacker. I think that's what they attacked on day two. It just, it to me, it sounds like a fan base that, trying to rationalize a draft that they're not happy with yeah and kind of saying well they got these guys to go out and do these things they're gonna make our studs better it's like well go draft studs yeah those guys make your studs better too well okay maybe they did you know we're sitting here talking before these guys are even strapped put a helmet on but i hope i hope i hope they think breland speaks i hope i hope they think breland speaks is their upside play on this draft i don't see it I see a guy that has a chance to profile as a pretty strong uh, edge prospect, but I don't think he's going to ever be a guy that you're like, oh, he's one of the best edges in football, or he has a chance yeah. to be the best if, edge in football. I think if you get seven to eight sacks out of him a year, you're you're like, wow. If, I, like, if they get seven or eight sacks, I'll be thrilled. I, but that's I think that's his upside, and that's where it's like... He better be good at a lot of things then, too. Well, he better set the edge. You better right. be stout in the run game. And that's okay. where I'm a little nervous. Like, I just, I think his upside is as a good edge, def- a good run stopping edge, with which might be able to get a he little gets, bit man, of upside. He gets steamrolled at times, too. Well, I think that's more so when he's inside, though. I do agree. Yeah. Like, I saw him get washed and I saw him, like, not be able to hold up as an interior defenser, a defender. But when they let him set the edge and play outside shade of that tackle or on the tight end, he actually did some good things. And so with that, with, with him, I actually, I don't really, I don't hate the rest of their draft. I don't either. Um, some of the picks made me scratch my, like the naughty pick, I was kind of like, huh, right away. I think, but it, but I think, yeah. you know, because they didn't have a first round pick, you were kind of wanting that to be your second, but really yeah, that was a late second or was that a third round pick? It was a third round pick. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where he should have went. That's where you get those guys. Um, he'll be a good player. I really think he will be. I think I would have felt really comfortable with this draft in general. In fact, I, I feel good about rounds three through six. I, I've started to maintain that. Like, I feel comfortable. I understand the why, and I, I'm okay with it. I sign off on that. In my opinion, I sign off on that. What, so, what, what does drive me nuts, though, is like if they had gone a different direction at 46 or not traded up from 40 to 46 and just stayed at 54, like I, I would have been okay with a lot of different prospects in that range. That's what hurts, too, is right. the, the move up and spending capital. And that's what hurts you even a little bit about Naughty is the fact that they moved up to get him. I just that's yeah. a lot to give. That's like I mean, that's like moving up for a guard. I think that's what's kind of like that's where I'm at is like, you know, the chiefs traded up twice. The naughty trade up looks worse because they traded up for Breland speaks earlier. That's mm-hmm. like, that's how I feel. And I, I wish like if, 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 uh, let's, let's do this, Jake. If you were the chiefs and you traded up at to 46, or if you stayed at 54, I don't care either way. Let's just say you trade up to 46. Give me a couple guys. Go, go one offense and one defense that you would have traded up for. Well, when they made the trade up, I would have bet 
money on the fact that they're trading up for Isaiah Oliver. Me too. That's who, and if they would have taken him, the rest of their drafts, if you say Isaiah Oliver, Derek Nadi, Dorian O'Daniel, Ariel Armani Watts, like that sounds okay, you know, yeah. but, and, and it does. So I would have, that would have been my slam dunk pick for them. And I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that they didn't. Um, I tweeted out early, that earlier that day, I was like, Isaiah Oliver just seems like a chief. Like I just really thought it was going to happen and you know, it didn't, but, um, mm-hmm. and then, so that was my defensive pick offensively, like Dallas Goddard was still sitting there too. Yep. And I, you know, you start to daydream about Goddard and Kelsey in the same offense and that could be a lot of fun. Um, but not something, I don't think they didn't even draft a tight end. No, they, so, they really technically didn't draft an offensive player. We'll get there in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think those are two good takes. I think for me, I would have gone with like, I mean, Isaiah Oliver, right, is on the board. Jesse Bates, my guy on yep. the board. Uh, Justin Reed, who actually, I think actually wound up going in round three, early uh-huh. round three. Uh, those guys on the defensive side. Then, like, offensive side, like, Connor Williams is good at football. And he can, the guard from, the guard tackle from Texas. Like, he could have gone inside, like, whatever. If you want him to be a guard, like, I think he has the chance to be an excellent guard at the next yeah. level, too. I think he's a guy you take and you, you play him at tackle. And if it doesn't work out, you kick him inside. I think it's kind of his yeah. trajectory is what people plan for him. But I, yeah, I he's, he's going to start somewhere along the offensive line and be a valuable asset. He's going to start in Dallas, which already has one of the best line, lines in football. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where I would go. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about Breland Speaks. We talked a lot about Breland Speaks. Uh, Derek Nadi, I think we have a pretty good view of what we think of him. Just He's an easy one. Like, he really is. He's going to be in the middle of a defense and just not get moved. He's one of the best run-stopping defensive linemen in football. I think and Damian Harrison. Yeah. Snacks Harrison. I, I mean, snacks he's, Harrison. he's like Snacks, where all of a sudden... I saw Yeah, it. he's going to be kind of... The, that's the thing, though, is Snacks has kind of been getting kicked around in league because those guys aren't super val- like they're valuable, but teams don't value them super high. So right. that's why it's kind of surprising the Chiefs moved up to draft a guy like that. But I mean, forgetting about all that, just the football player, he's probably going to be a guy that is going to be in that front seven. And all of a sudden you go, wow, teams really aren't running the ball that well in the Chiefs anymore. Right. And I think that's why he's here. Mm-hmm. He was there to solidify the middle of that defense. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel, I think I think we have a pre- pretty clear definition of like what, what he's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be there. They want to use him as a dime linebacker. And he could have a lot of success early, especially since he's gonna he's got the versatility of a, a four core special teamer that's, as well. That's super vogue right now too in the league. Is every team has a versatile linebacker or safety that can kind of play that role? You yeah. need one, um, and that, they got their guy. Um, I think he's. I believe in him in that position. I think they're gonna put him in a position to succeed, and I, I like that pick where they got him. Well, they're gonna if if they drafted him, they have to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they have to. Like they they spend a top one. Well, there are pick. other guys out there too that still could have done that, right? You know. Um, um, like Kaiser White was still on the board. They liked him uh, better than Kaiser. Um, the, was, was Oren Burks still on the board? I think Oren he was, Burks was, was he taking? He was still no, he was he was the Packers. No, he wasn't third, on the so, board. But it's kind of in the, in the similar mold. You know, those guys were going in that range, right? And he's got value. He's going to be fine. Um, and then in the in fourth round, they took Armani Watts, safety from Texas A and M. And you know, he's a guy. You know, it's been kind of talked about ad nauseum. He didn't test well at his pro day. I think that was my favorite pick, though. Yeah, and I think because he didn't test well, they got him later. But when you turn the film on for him, he plays fast. Right. Um, and he's got he's one of those guys that when the ball is in the air, he's just got that second gear. Um, and that's not something you 
you can test. He played about 15 pounds lighter than he tested to, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason his testing was so down. Like, I don't think it's a life changing metric. You know, I don't think it's all of a sudden he's from goes from a four six guy to a four four. But he's very much a coverage guy. Uh, yeah. He's he's going to struggle until he can figure out how to tackle. I think he just um, needs to be consistent as a tackler. Like, it, if he just develops that, he'll get some in good technique shape. stuff. He's never going to be a guy that's going to come knock the snot out of you. But those guys are d- disappearing in the NFL, anyways. Right. And yeah. So I mean, he's got the he's got the range. He's got the instincts and ball skills. I think he could actually pair up pretty nicely with Eric Berry when it's all said and done. He's, yeah, he's their their center fielder type that they, that we talked about quite a bit that they they needed to get. He's got he's got the upside and the potential to be able to do that. I totally agree with that. Uh, and then uh, they had a, a pretty big gap. Uh, in their selections, they had to wait until the sixth round, and they took uh, Tremont Smith, a cornerback from Central Arkansas. Jake, I have a comp for you, and let's, let's see if you've watched a little bit of Tremont Smith since we talked, right? Yep. Okay, work with me on this one. Uh, I think Tremont Smith reminds me of Jair Alexander. Attitude, ball skills, toughness, quickness. I saw the same kind of attitude in Tremont Smith that I saw in Jair Alexander. Yeah, at like a lower level of competition. Um, He's a little bit smaller than him, and Jair's already kind of small. Yeah, I could see that. They're both really twitchy. They are. Um, I think I like Jair's instincts a little bit better. I mean, there's a reason why I went in the first. Jair's a better player, like hands down. Right, well, there's clearly why I went in the first one and went in the sixth. But yeah, no, I I can kind of see that comp. I think think he's kind of a a toolsy type guy that they took. Yeah. Um, He's got got potential to kind of play in that slot. I think that's where he ends up probably i think that's 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 probably about right he he tested really well though he's got he's got the athleticism he's got the twitch he's got the smooth and fluidity in the hips i think he's got a lot of upside to him as a prospect just gonna be a matter of him developing and transitioning to the to the to the nfl um okay one more pick to cover and then we're going to talk a little bit about undrafted free agents after this um khalil mckenzie the Chiefs traded two seventh-round picks for a sixth-round pick, pick 198, for a defensive tackle that they plan to transition to guard. Right, so we have really can't have a take on him playing guard other no. than other than the fact that that's that's interesting. He was a top recruit on the offensive and defensive line. He played defense at Tennessee, um, but Tennessee's been kind of a mess the last couple of years. Shout out to Cody Fuqua and Butch um, Jones, <laughs> um, but. He was, you know, he's, there's been a lot of uh, talk about his thickness. I was going to say, there's one thing we can talk about. And that's, didn't Veach already come out and say that? Like, you'll know who that is. Yeah. And he's a big dude. He's thick. Um, He's got the bubble. But he's been, he was a top guy that just never was able to put it together. He's a, a flyer type and. A flyer of all flyers, and who, who knows? They uh, That'd be interesting to follow. Some people uh, they talked about how Khalil McKenzie was probably going to be a guard. He was a five-star guard coming into Tennessee, but they moved him to the defensive line out of necessity. And I think even uh, Reggie McKenzie, who is Khalil McKenzie's dad and the GM of the Oakland Raiders, said that they were going to try to move him back to guard if they took him. So um, I think I think a lot of people saw the same thing that the Chiefs did in trading up for him. They saw a guy with some special athletic ability, some bubble, some thickness, and uh, they think that he has the ability to transition to a, 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 a solid guard in the NFL. They like his upside. They think he's got first round talent in there somewhere if they can get it out of him. Yeah, we'll see. 
It'll be fun. I mean, I got to say, it'll be, that'll be a fun story to follow. Oh yeah. I, I'm rooting for him. I mean, Laurent, du, Laurent <laughs> du, yeah, you, you gotta root for all these. I'm rooting for Breland Speaks is, I mean, the truth of the matter is like, I hope I'm dead wrong on Breland Speaks and he's not just a fourth round player. I hope he turns into a solid football player for this team. Uh, that's it for the picks. Uh, we have five because we're just degenerate fans or what is that even work is degenerate only like limited to gambling or can you be like a degenerate film junkie i don't really know i don't know we're gonna just we're gonna go with it it. we're gonna roll with it we've got five guys uh that i think have a chance to make this roster or at least push to make this roster uh and possibly be on the on the practice squad uh one wide receiver two corners one quarterback we, and one running back. Yeah. And we've talked about one of these guys already on our local, oh, on our local kids pro, uh, pod. We did. And we'll start there. It's Byron Pringle. Great name. Byron Pringle. Oh, yeah. And my microphone just fell right into my lap. No one's going to be able to tell. Oh. I'll edit it out. Uh, but yeah, I think I, you know, I would rather his name be Byron Doritos. I think that was the bit, right? Something like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Something along those lines. But uh, he's 6'1", 203 pounds. Uh, and I had, I think, like a sixth or a fifth round grade on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of the issues and part of the reason that he didn't get drafted was he's a little bit older and he's, he's got some of, interesting character background. He's kind of a one trick pony too. He's a one trick right pony. now. He's which is cool though too because he's very much like a yellow ball receiver. Yeah, and I think Patty's gonna throw his fair share of yellow balls this year probably. Um, and the Chiefs wide receiver core like they have like four, five, six if they want to keep that. Those spots are up for grabs. You know, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up making the team. Yeah, there's it's the wide receiver position. They haven't put a ton of assets in it besides Sammy Watkins. So like at, behind Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, you've got an injured Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, uh, J.U. Cheston, and then like a bunch of other guys that can really push the bottom of that group. And Byron Pringle is going to jump in there and compete right away. Chris Conley goes to my church. He's looking good. Is he? He's looking good. He's walking around he's without out, He's out of the boot. He's uh, moving around good. He looks like he's he's still a specimen. I think uh, he's going to be just fine. I wonder if they move him into the slot a little bit. I could see them doing yeah. that because, I mean, Sammy outside and, and Tyreek outside. It could be fun. Yep. So Byron Pringle's got to watch and keep an eye on. I think I have a feeling he's going to – he'll be on the roster through the cut day and just, you know, they'll have to make a decision on him, whether they put him on the practice squad or he makes the actual roster. But definitely a guy worth watching. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the cornerback position. Uh, Demontre Wade from Murray State, 5'11", 206 pounds. Um, showed some really good ball skills and some ability uh, at Murray State. Didn't test great. Only ran a four five seven. Uh, Jake, have you seen any, any of this guy at all? I've seen like some highlights of him. So my take on him is probably about what everyone else is. I mean, I've seen the good. Um, he does have some ball skills. He can. He's got good hands for a corner. He can go up and get it. But um, a guy that's worth taking a flyer on. Definitely a guy worth watching. Um, especially because they didn't really pour into that in the draft um, like we kind of thought they would. So right. it's you know it's a good flyer. Yep. It's same with you know Will Redmond. Uh, they got here in the building. Uh, they like Keith Reeser too. Uh, one thing interesting note about Demontre Wade. He actually. Went 
went to Brentwood Academy with Derek Barnett and Jalen Ramsey. So he's got a little he's got a little feel for uh, what it takes to be good at this level. He knows he's got some you know some familiarity with some of the guys that already done it. So uh, he's worth he's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, the other cornerback that I wanted to talk a little bit about was Arian Springs. He's a corner from Oregon, six foot, two hundred and five pounder. Spring, springy athlete. Oh no! Hey, the funny thing is, he's not a springy athlete. Nah, he's not. He's like one of the lowest. He's like one of the like. He, he wasn't a great tester. Wasn't uh, it his relative athletic score was really bad. It was like in the thirties. Yeah, like a, thir- a, a thirty six, like a three point six uh, relative athletic score out of ten. Like he's a below average athlete. Uh, however, I, I saw I saw one group had him as a top one hundred prospect uh, inside the pylon. Had as a top one hundred prospect football. Oh, no. <laughs> hey now, uh, but you know he's 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 good in man coverage. I mean he's not a great athlete and it looks like it on tape, but he played in man well. Uh, and if the Chiefs are going to be doing a lot of man coverage and they're going to be playing press man, he's a guy that he has the traits and the ability and the uh, experience to do it. So that's definitely a guy that you know is worth taking a look at. Um, how about a running back and the third Williams running back on the roster right now? We've got Damian Williams. We've got Curran Williams. And now the Chiefs gave a pretty big contract for an undrafted free agent to Daryl Williams, the running back out of LSU, backed up Darius Geis, six foot, 225 pounds, uh, what do you think? Do you have any takes? You yeah, have any I, was, takes? I was surprised he wasn't drafted. I know in a lot of like league circles, he was actually pretty well thought of. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that's there's a reason they gave him so much money. I think he's probably a guy that they really wanted to get through the doors. Obviously, they're doing something with that running back room, and I don't they've created quite the competition. So I, I don't know what they're doing at the, in the running back room. They're just adding to it. They're it's a battle royale. They're gonna like expand it. They're gonna have to like add another room. It's gonna be up to like two rooms. How many do you think they keep this year? I I don't know. Like that's part of what's so confusing is like is Spencer Ware going on the IR? Is Damian Williams starting on the IR? Are they just doing that and then loading up? on guys behind it and just figuring it out from there. Like, I don't know. That'll probably be one of the more interesting training camp battles. Oh. If not the most interesting. For sure. Because, I mean, they... They don't. They have like they have three Williamses on the roster. Yeah. They have three Williamses on the roster at running back. Like there's just there's so much that could you know I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know Lance's ear line. He had a he had a round five round six grade on this guy. So I mean mm-hmm. I, a lot of people like him. Uh, and uh, I, you know I saw. What? I mean I, this guy backed up Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis. Like yeah. he's got low tread too. That's what's cool about him. And he's got pretty good right. athletic numbers. Um, and when he got the ball, he he's he's a good runner and like he, he did in, some that, good in that backfield with those two premium type guys like if you're kind of surfacing to the top you got to have some ability i got some i got some spencer Ware vibes from him watching him too yeah like i could see a little bit of spencer Ware to him so i mean didn't maybe, spencer Ware go to lsu as well yeah big running back went to lsu i think spencer Ware. no spencer Ware got drafted in the six but the same thing it's like you know it's the traits are there. Uh, I think I I think he he has a chance to 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 beat some people out, especially if they start like Spencer Ware on the IR. Last guy I think everybody's talked about a little bit at this point. Uh, it's it's like if Tyler Ray was a little bit more athletic and uh, probably a little smarter. Uh, it's Chase Litton, a quarterback from Marshall. He's six five, two hundred thirty pounds. And uh, some people talked about Jake if if he had stayed and went. To, came back to Marshall and come back another year. He might've been in the day two conversation in 2019. 
Yeah, he's, uh, I think, a guy we're taking a flyer on to. Um, especially because he does, like, he's kind of one of those rare guys that, as an undrafted quarterback, you know, there's a reason he didn't get drafted. Like, he, like if you're a quarterback and you don't get drafted, that's kind of a red flag, but he's got tools um, and he's got size. Um, if he's more than an NFL camp arm, we'll, we shall see. But uh, quarterbacks are just always fun to watch and follow anyways. Even yeah. when they're undrafted, you kind of just pay a little bit closer attention to them just because everybody, every you know, because it's not unheard of for a guy to kind of come out of nowhere. Like Tony Romo was undrafted. Right. Um, Joe Callahan. I would have liked to watch. I would like to watch him. He's got cut. I know. I saw that, but he was fun just because he was like a division three. Division three guy that was like because he's like joe callahan is all of us the ball the ball looks so big in his hand yeah he looks like, like a, he looked like a kid that had been playing jv and like got like bumped up to varsity and wasn't ready yep but like that he was us like he really was that's like if all of us most of us probably could have went and played d3 football like if you played high school football anywhere um and you so have the pulse. yeah so have the, the fact that pay. one of the fact that a d3 guy can make it in the nfl even for two years that's a win for all of us yeah you know, I didn't think we'd spend 30 seconds talking about Joe Callahan today. Shout we to can Joe. stop. I thought he was funny. Like, he was fun to watch. Like, he was just, he was, he was just a little jitterbug out Scrappy. there. Scrappy, yeah. You could tell why he was successful at the yeah. three level. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Chase Litton, uh, I think he's got more developmental upside than Tyler Bray did. And, you know, if you say it, like, one of the best, I, I do. You remember when Tyler Bray came out and you were so thirsty for a quarterback and you were, like, trying to convince yourself that Tyler Bray was, like, the most talented quarterback in that draft class? I remember that. I wasn't the most talented, but it's like, I... Oh, he was the most talented, but... He's got they, a chance. But people also think he might be a sociopath. You, you got, that was, like, one of my favorite... <laughs> that was one of my favorite draft, like, stories is, like, some anonymous scout thought he was a sociopath. Like, he should have been the, like... The star of American Psycho. He's got like bodies in his garage or something like that. Turns out just pretty normal dude. Just a normal dude that can't play football. He's not he's not very good. He's one of the best one hundred at something in the world. You ever think about that? I yeah. If you're on a roster as a quarterback in the NFL, you're one of the best one hundred of something in the world. What are you the best one hundred at? Uh nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Probably eating Pod, eating so Doritos. Probably cheese specific draft podcast. Yeah, we're, we're like one of the we're one of the one hundred top one hundred in that. We're, we're one of the <laughs> we're one of the one hundred best Chiefs draft podcasts in the world. Sponsored by Arrowhead Pride. Sponsored by Arrowhead Pride. Or owned by Arrowhead Pride. I don't know how I don't know what don't know the how distinction that is. But Chase Litton, I think he's worth taking a look at, and I would not be surprised at all if he sticks. Some of his best moments on tape are pretty impressive like there's a lot to work with there so it's worth taking a look at what do you think about his arm it's not like overly spectacular Especially but there's, for a guy that big it's fine i don't think i think it's above average probably I think he can he can make every throw he's yeah. not gonna wow you with anything but <laughs> what was the what was the joke about he can make every throw like he's not any good but he's not good but he can make any throw i don't know <laughs> since sounds like a joke <laughs> uh, no it was like i saw someone talking about that it's like you know just the, the the phrase he can make all the throws is basically like he has the capability that doesn't mean he can but i there's like there's some looks moments like, looks like a quarterback he looks he does look like a quarterback there's some moments where he he's impressive uh, okay so that's the those are five undrafted free agents to keep an eye on uh probably at, with our luck by the end of this podcast one of them will be released uh but that's okay i did want to give some guys like 
Here's something that's been really cool about this whole draft process for me and Jake. Like we've gotten to talk to a lot of fellow draft nerds and like just kind of interact with them. So we wanted to give them all a chance to, to throw some draft takes out because they all deserve it. Like these guys are all smart. Uh, they're all really, they've been really good for me and Jake. They've been really kind and helpful. And like they've that sometimes they've just been soundboards. Uh, so uh, I want to give a shout out and give these guys all a chance to just kind of throw some takes out there. It's, you know, we've got uh, chief Bearcat, We've got at barley hop. We've got at chief in Carolina. Who's also Kelsey crazies who does a great job. Uh, we've got uh, country boy five, six, seven, and uh, we just wanted to make sure to give all those guys a chance to to throw some takes out there. What's happening, AP Draft Show listeners? My name is Matt Lane, and I'm honored to have been asked on here by Kent and Jake to drop a Chiefs draft hot take. So I'm going to be honest. When the Chiefs traded up for Breland Speaks, I was left scratching my head a little bit. I've just never seen a top and pass rusher anytime I turn on his film. Since the draft, I spent more time watching this film, and there are definitely some traits to like. He has extremely powerful hands, and they come out of his pockets pretty quick. He does a great job keeping his chest clean and getting to that half-man leverage that people like to see, you know, your hip equal to the offensive lineman's hip. Once he gets there, his natural strength takes over, and he's nearly impossible to stop from getting to the quarterback. He combines that with a non-stop motor and this uncanny balance and body control for a guy that's as top-heavy with a narrow base as he is. He definitely has a skill set to be an effective outside-inside player at the next level. My concern is the ultimate upside he has as a pass rusher, though. Speaks is a solid athlete, but he's nothing special. He lacks lateral agility and flexibility, making it very difficult for him to get around blockers when he doesn't get them off balance. On top of that, as good as he is with his hands at pre-engagement, he doesn't use his hands very well once a blocker gets into his chest. He sort of falls apart and resorts to a pocket pusher when he doesn't win the initial engagement. He's limited as a power rusher, but there is a chance for him to succeed in that role. He just has some work to do. He needs to develop a pass rushing plan that goes beyond just swatting or ripping the offensive lineman's punch and put counters into his game once he's been engaged. He lacks that lateral explosiveness I was talking about earlier that other top and pass rushers have, so Speaks will certainly need to hone in his hand technique to use his length and power to soften a corner so he can take a little bit wider angle around it. Overall, nothing's a fatal flaw for Speaks as a prospect, and even in his high end, I mostly see a complimentary pass rusher that's very good as an early down edge setter in the run game. If you like the take and you want more, or if you hate it and you want to tell me how bad it is, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. That's all one word. And thanks again for Jake and Kent letting me jump on with this take. Thank you, guys. Derek Naughty, run stopper. 6-1, run stopper. Florida State, run stopper. A third round pick, run stopper. Pick number 75. Run stopper, immediate starter, run stopper, defensive tackle, run stopper, four-year starter, run stopper, 2016 All-ACC, run stopper, stout, high motor, consistent, and most of all, run stopper. Hey guys, it's Craig Stout at Barley Hop on the Tweets, and I'm here to talk about Dorian O'Daniel. 
O'Daniel comes out of Clemson as a weak side linebacker that probably translates to a hybrid linebacker safety at the next level here. He's a tackling machine, a real athlete, and he's good in zone coverage. He was a special team stud in college, charting 48 special teams tackles in his time there. That's probably where he'll contribute first and foremost for the Chiefs as a rookie on that side of the ball, and I imagine he'll make a big impact there. Going forward, O'Daniel will definitely slot in as the third box safety in Bob Sutton's scheme as he routinely uses it more than 50% of the time over the past two years. That role is currently occupied by Dan Sorensen, and while O'Daniel probably won't supplant him immediately, I'd look for him to be the guy in 2019 and forward. O'Daniel's best attribute is probably his ability to sort through the traffic and make the stop. He was a stud in college at navigating kickoff returns to come from deep slip blocks and find the ball carrier, and I'd expect that that's going to translate at the next level, and that's why he's one of my favorite prospects that the Chiefs drafted. Hey guys, Chief Bearcat here with my quick take on uh, sixth round selection, Tremont Smith, cornerback out of Central Arkansas. He is a five foot ten inch, two hundred pound athlete with a seventy three inch wingspan. So he has a wingspan of a six foot one individual. He has a four three eight speed with a one point five ten yard split in that forty. So he's a guy that has really good speed. Um, he has in the one game of tape that we do have, he has a smooth back pedal with quick, quick hips in his transitions. Um, you can kind of see what the scout Willie Davis was speaking about in the tape with the fact that he has speed that goes 100% all the time. He's he's very sudden, very quick. He's a guy that we've heard people speak the fact that he has a lot of confidence, has a lot of swagger, and that's something that I think is really important to have at the cornerback position. He also has really good ball skill numbers. He has career numbers of 53 passes, defense, and 15 interceptions. Last year, he had five interceptions for 102 yards and one touchdown. So whenever he is able to get his hands on the ball, he's able to make some noise in the other direction. He's a guy that has some punt return ability, which is going to be important. He's coming from the FCS level. While he is coming from a good conference in the FCS, uh, in the Southland Conference, that's home to perennial power, Sam Houston State, he's probably going to have a transition period where he has to get used to the speed of the NFL. So he's probably going to make more of an immediate impact on special teams in the coverage units and maybe in the return game. But he has the developmental ability to be something in the slot or on the perimeter. He's a guy that I'm really excited about it. I think he has a future with us, but uh, we'll see how things go. Um, thanks for listening, and go Chiefs. Well, that's going to do it for the 2018 AP Chiefs draft show. Uh, make sure you're following at Chief in Carolina, at Chief underscore Bearcat, at Barley Hop, and at CountryBoy567. Um, I really just, two things. I want to thank Jake for coming and being a part of this draft podcast. It would not have been as fun without you, man. And, you know, we've, we've been doing this in for a long time, getting to, to get our takes out. Uh, but thanks for being a part of this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. I wouldn't have had as much fun doing this without you. I got to say, this has probably been the most fun I've had during a draft season. Um, and that's be, because of doing this and, and doing this with you. It's been a lot of fun, but just kind of the, the community that uh, we've kind of been a part of. It's been really fun. Like some of the guys you just mentioned, they've been great. But um, all you guys that listen, thank you guys too. It's been so much fun to interact with you guys and kind of walk through you through this process with you guys. And we we want to thank you 
the listeners, uh, especially, you know, like it's been like an overwhelming response and the listenership has been great. Uh, it got really, it got huge last week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to everybody that's, that's given us a chance. I promise you next year, we've got a lot of really cool things in store. Uh, I can't wait to, to be able to talk to you more about it, but a lot of big things planned. We're going to start earlier next year, I think. Uh, and we're going to have just way, it's just, it's, we're going to do a lot of really cool things that we're looking forward to sharing with you in the future. Uh, but that's going to be it until probably sometime in early 2019. Uh, but again, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Jake, you have anything else you want to add? No, uh, other than, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, tweeting with you some of you guys during the Chiefs game. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun as the season unfolds and just kind of following some of these guys that we've talked about. Um, other than that, no, just really it kind of just to piggyback off of what you said. Thank you guys for for listening and and for making this something that we get to do every week. And I know we get a uh, you know, we kind of get a kick out of it. So uh, thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're following Jake at Jacob Morley. Give him a follow. He'll be there. Uh, and he probably won't be getting too many plugs from me until then. I'll probably have to find a way to just find a way to plug you at some point here the next couple weeks. Just make sure people are paying attention. We're here to talk draft. I mean, we're, we're always here to talk draft. If you see a prospect that you like, uh, during the college football season, just give us a, give us a shout on Twitter and we'll, we'll start talking about them. Uh, we probably will have some of our takes starting to formulate pretty quick here. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Nick Bosa, 2019. Ed Oliver, my Ooh. guy. Yeah, Ooh. Ed Oliver. Packers have two I'll, first round picks. I'll trade. I was going to say, I'll trade. The Next year will be fun because we, both our teams should have a first round pick. Three combined. Are so. we starting the 2019 show right now? It sounds like it. We have our top, Ed Oliver. top two prospects. Trade the draft for Ed Oliver. Maybe and we should just stop this show and end it on a cliffhanger. Okay. What does that mean? It just means that... Uh, we're going to end the 2018 AP Cheese Draft Show on some kind of uh, dramatic moments, and and they're going to have to wait until next year to hear it. All right, yeah, okay, so, Kent, the number one player on your 2019 board is none other than... Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.